0: Hey guys, you are currently listening to the fourth week of Camouflage Speech. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy. So let's pray and we'll get started, guys. This is very exciting. I've been very excited for this week. Um, So let's open in prayer and we'll get started. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for everybody here tonight, God. I just pray that you keep uh, Lindsay and all the cheerleaders safe up in San Francisco, Lord, and that they would get home safe. And Lord, anybody else that's not here as well, Lord, that you'd keep them safe and just bring them back next week. Lord, help us to learn from you. Speak through me, God, and just teach through me tonight, God. And I just uh, thank you for all that you do, and I just thank you for all the blessings that you've been giving in my life, Lord, and just uh, just everything that you've been opening, Lord. We love you, and we just, uh, God, we pray for your help tonight. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, so this is the last week. One more announcement for anybody who wasn't here. In December, we're going to have a Bible Bowl. That's where we're going to give all the good prizes away. Uh, Dick Sporting Goods, Forever 21, restaurants, all sorts of cool gift cards. It's going to be, so all these things that I hand out, keep them because when it comes to December, stop clicking the pin please, we're going to divide it and we're going to divide teams and we're going to have Bible Bowl and what we'll do is I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it like a game show, we'll have buzzers and everything which will be cool. So the verse, the verse for this week, Ephesians 4.29, somebody read it if you can see it for me. Cody, will not you read it for us? It's on that paper. It should be the verse on there. Oh, it might not be typed out. Sorry. Yep. Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt word... Here, hold on. Who
1: did not get one? Raise
0: your Who didn't get one? Here we go. Here we go. All right, here we go. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and necessary for edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. So guys, that's our verse for Camouflage. We've learned about gossip, we learned about words out of our mouth, we've learned about insults. The final week is the name of the Lord. But before we start, I just want to tell you guys, you guys have been a huge blessing in my life. Um, I said that last week, I think, but anybody that wasn't here, I want them to hear it too. Uh, you guys have just been challenging me. It's been, it's been something that's worked on my spiritual growth. And you guys have just been awesome in my life. So I appreciate everything, and I appreciate you guys being here and supporting me. And Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I appreciate that. So, the biggest part we're going to look at is Deuteronomy. It's Deuteronomy 5.11. If anybody has their phone Bibles, one, somebody just get them ready for the next verses, but I'll read this one. Deuteronomy 5.11 says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. I really believe this is where we as Christians blend most with the culture. How many, and be honest, how many of you would say that you say the name of the Lord in vain? Now how many of you would say that you honestly know that it's just become commonplace and between in school it's just become common to say, oh my, and say the Lord's name in vain? Anybody believe that? Anybody agree with that? It's just become so commonplace. So commonplace that um, but we just like it's it's crazy because us as Christians we shouldn't be saying that because I mean we don't we know what we're saying really and I really believe that a lot of us don't understand how big of a deal it is, how how, how much of a deal it is, and that's what we hope to look at today. So first let's look up the word vain in the dictionary. And the first definition is excessively proud of, or concerned about one's own appearance, qualities, achievements. Conceited, that's not God. Number two, proceeding from or showing personal vanity, that's not God. Ineffectual or unsuccessful, futile, a vain effort. What
1: is that last one? Last word? Means. Futile? Yeah.
0: I have to look it up, but it's like, I have to look it up. If somebody's got a dictionary on their phone, no? Okay. I'll look it up. Look it up. Look. It. F-U-T-I-L-E. Definition four, without real significance, value, or importance, baseless or worthless. I want you to raise your hand if you think God's worthless. So, okay, that's not it. And number five, senseless or foolish. None of those describe, at least my God, I don't know if it describes your God. Because any religion thinks that their God is worth something. So, if our God is the creator of the universe, go ahead, read futile for us. It says,
1: incapable of producing any useful result. Pointless.
0: So, is that God? Cody, would you say that's God? No.
1: And one of the synonyms is vain.
0: Vain. Exactly. So, you guys, let me ask you a question. How many of you have seen The Hangover? Raise your hand, raise your hand. Did you guys know that it says the Lord's name in vain 31 different times? 31 different ways, not 31 different times. 31 different ways it says the Lord's name in vain. But I, like I was saying earlier, to really understand what we're saying, we have to understand who God is. So I'm going to open it up to you guys. I want to just answers: Who's God? Who is God? What is God? Okay. He is who he is. Anybody else? What you say? Beginning and end. Okay. On your papers, I've I've listed some Yahweh, Yahweh exactly. I've listed some. Uh, sorry, it's getting dark. Hard to see. Um, I've listed some of the names of God from the Old Testament. If it says NT, it means New Testament. Okay. Here's some names from God. Elohim. This is all used in the Old Testament. Elohim, and it's used in context. If you read it in the English, and in the English translation, it doesn't have maybe that word. Elohim. Elohim. Elohim, all-powerful one. El, El, El Elyon, the God most high. El Olam, the eternal, everlasting God. Jehovah, I am, the one who is the self-existent one. See, God of, the God of the Bible, there's no beginning to Him. See, we, don't have, we, we can't understand that. It's almost impossible for us to understand. Because we can't understand. We think something always came, always came from something, but God was self-existent has always been, always existed. Uh, Jehovah, I don't know how to pronounce the last one, to sit a canoe, the Lord our righteousness, because the Lord is our righteousness. But this name right here, the next name is Adonai, the Lord, my great Lord. This was used in place of the word Yahweh, Y W, Y H W H, because it was considered too sacred to say. See, they treated God's name as so holy, they came up with traits, they came up with all these different names to explain who God was, but they were didn't want to call God Yahweh because that was the great name. I believe that was a great name that, that they was considered too sacred to say. So what has changed about God that would make Him not as holy? For your first feeling, nothing has changed about God. Only our reverence for him. See, we throw his name around so commonplace today that instead of bringing him up, we bring him down, and we bring him down to our level, which is sad because he's so much higher than us. So, somebody want to, or I'll read it. Sorry, Second Kings one. It's kind of long. Man, it's getting dark. Ooh, but we'll read. It. Yeah, go grab her. That'd be perfect. Thank you. Can I borrow somebody's phone
1: as a light? Thank you.
0: Here, here. Actually, look up Second Kings one for me. Second Kings one. All right, guys. Second Kings one. All right, guys. I want you to listen. I want you to listen. Who God is. After, Ahab, after Ahab's death, Moab rebelled against Israel. Now Uzziah a- had fallen through the lattice of his upper room in Samaria and injured himself. So he sent a messenger, saying to go and con- see, consult Baal, Zeub, Zebub, the god of Ekron, to see if I will recover from this injury. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Go up and meet the messenger of the king of Samaria and ask them, Is it because there is no god in Israel that you are going off to consult Baal, the god of Ekron? Therefore, this is what the Lord says. You will not leave the bed you are lying on. You will certainly die. So Elijah went. When the messengers returned to the king, he asked them, Why have you come back? A man came to meet us, they replied. And he said to us, Go back to the king who sent you and tell him, This is what the Lord says. It is because there is no God in Israel that you are sending messengers to consult Baal, Zabab, the God of Ekron. Therefore, you will not leave the bed you are lying on. You will certainly die. The king asked him, "What kind of man? It, uh, what kind of man was it who came to you, meet you and told you this?" They replied, "He had a garment of hair and a, had a leather belt around his waist." The king said, "That was Elijah the Tishbite." Then he sent to Elijah a captain with his company of fifty men. The captain went up to Elijah, who was sitting on the top of a hill, and said to him, "Man of God, the king says, come down." Get this. This is what Elijah says. Elijah answered the captain, "If I am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty men." Fifty men. Then fire fell from heaven and consumed the captain and his men. See, I've been talking about how God brings fire from heaven. There you go. At this, the king sent to Elijah another captain with his fifty men. The captain said to him, "Man of God, this is what the king says: Come down at once." He said. Elijah again replies. If I am a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty men. Then the fire of God fell from heaven and consumed him and his fifty men. So the king sent a third captain with his fifty men. The cap- You see, you think by now the king would have got it, that he's not going to win, but obviously he didn't. The third captain went up and fell on his knees before Elijah. Man of God, he begged, please have respect for my life and the lives of these fifty men, your servants. See, fire has fallen from heaven and consumed the first two captains and all their men, but now you have the respect for... My life. The angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Go down with him, do not be afraid of him. So Elijah got up and went down with him to the king. He told the king, This is what the Lord says It is because there is no God in Israel for you to consult that you have sent the messengers to consult Baal, the God of Ekron. Because you have done this, you will never leave the bed you are lying on, you will certainly die. So he died according to the word of the Lord that Elijah had spoken. Because Uzziah had no son, Joram succeeded him as king in the second year of Jerom, son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. As for all the other events of Isaiah's reign and what he did, are they not written in the book of the annals of the king of Israel? I'm going to borrow your phone for the rest. Is that okay? So I can actually see. Sorry, guys. So. Sorry, it's really dark. This might have been not a good idea. I know, there is no porch light. Well, there is, but it's weird. I don't know. I'll figure it out. I just figured it out today. Anyways, but like I said, if that's not enough evidence for you guys of who God is and how awesome He is, we're going to look at Mark four thirty-five through 41 And that says, That day when evening came, he, has, he said to His disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took Him along just as He was in the boat. There were also other boats with Him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat. So that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the turn, in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. See this huge storm? See that? How much does that is for our lives? Man, we're freaking out. The storms of our lives are going huge. And we seem like, man, God is so relaxed about this because it doesn't take him by surprise. He knows what's going on. So remember that. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind. And said to the waves, "Be quiet, be still." The wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, "Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith?" They were terrified, and asked each other, "Who is this? Even if the wind and the waves, oh, even the wind and the waves, obey him." See, guys, it's isn't it crazy how? awesome God is. It's just amazing. And I'm not like saying, like I said, I'm not here to get on a rant. Don't say the name of the Lord in vain. Blah, 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 blah. Because I feel like it. That's not what I'm here about. That's not what tonight's about. But it's because, think of it this way, we we bring the Lord down to our level a lot of the times. Because by saying that, we're bringing him down. Or even worse than that, we bring Him below our level. We treat the Lord as, he is, as He's not real, which is the scary part. Anybody treat God as if He's not real sometimes? Anybody just come to Him as if He's not real? I have the boldness to say that I do. I have the boldness to say, man, I just I come to God and forget who He is. With my problems, I forget who I actually have in control of my life. Just recently, God's just opened so many crazy doors. It's been crazy. It's just... It's like, Jake, trust me. Trust me. I'll take care of you. But think about other religions today, what they do. Some religions say you can be a God. Some religions say that they're equal with God. Some say that there is no God. And what that is, is the pride getting in the way. Because to be a Christian, to follow Christ, see, take the name Christian out of it, because you think of religion when Christian is in there. Think of just Christ. Think about Jesus Christ, you and Christ. To come to Christ, we have to come face down on one knee and bow to Him as King. We hate to admit we're wrong. Now, to admit to a holy God, that's a scary thing. But He's waiting for us. He's knocking at the door of our hearts. Now, in 2 Timothy 4, 3-8, through this is one of my favorite evangelists. This is Paul, and he's on his deathbed. He gets martyred, which is you get killed for your faith. That's what a martyr is. And this is 2 Timothy 4, 3-8. through For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them with a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. How many people hear that today, or see that? Or they preach a God that's not of the Bible, they preach a God that's not real. He'll give you everything you want. If you haven't heard that, you will. You, you have faith, you're going to get a Mercedes. You have faith, you're going to be rich. You're going to be well and healthy. You're going to live a good life. That's the thing that frustrates me the most, is when people say, If you have faith, you'll live a good life. What is a good life? What is a good life? Comfort. That's what we look for today. That's not a good life. I'm going to live comfortably and get old and die and go to heaven. See, that's not what God works. I mean, if you're serving God, if you're truly serving God, you'll know because things become hard. Things become difficult. But he gives you the joy and the peace. I was talking with somebody this week and they were talking about how they were wrestling with things and how God gave them victory over it. They are saying, pray for me because this temptation is becoming strong. I want to do this. I want to lash out. And he had victory because he trusted in the Lord. And I guarantee you that victory is way more worth it than just living comfortably. See, God says you, you will have troubles in this life. He doesn't say if. If. He says you will, meaning the question is When? So this is what Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, 3-8. T- uh, sorry, keep going, we're in verse 4. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your heads in all situations, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out at, like a drink offering, and the time of my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. You want to talk about a man who had it tough? That was Paul. Paul was beaten. He was left for dead. Gets up, goes back into the same city and preaches again. He gets shipwrecked. He gets bitten by a viper. First, this tribe wants to kill him because they think he has—he's a curse. Then he's healed, and they start worshiping him as a god. And he's like, "What are you doing?" This man had a rough life, but he made it. He finished the faith. He said, he says, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which is the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for His appearing. Guys, if you're going through something tough, and it's for the Lord, and you're standing tough for the Lord, you're standing strong, know it's going to be worth it. Know that you're serving God. Know that, you're going to get through if, if you hold on to God and, and do what He says. It's so easy to come to this group and walk away with knowledge but never apply it. I'm going to tell you what, guys. The last few weeks have been pretty tough for me. And it's like, I don't know if God's been trying to tell me, Jake, practice what you preach more. Because there's things that have been making me angry, things that have been frustrating me. My emotions have gotten away of a lot of things. There's been a lot of arguments with my mom. And just instead of, instead of saying, okay, God, I'm going to listen to you, I've done my own thing, kind of, and I'm really going to work on that. And uh, but if you guys are doing, if you guys are doing the right thing, and you guys are struggling, and you guys are serving Christ, it seems like I've talked to a couple people, like I've just seen on Facebook here and there that life's gotten harder, and it seems like they've had a good weeks, and then all of a sudden it's getting hard. I'll tell you what, guys, Satan doesn't want you here. Satan doesn't want you here. But I'm glad you guys are here, and God's glad you guys are here. God's glad you guys are learning. But we have to truly understand who God is to come into reverence of Him. See, we can say His name in vain because we really don't know who He is. But let's look at Psalm 33. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise Him. Praise to the Lord with the harp. Make music to Him on the 10 string lyre. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. We don't worship like that very often, do we? We don't shout for joy. We don't sing loud. We're more worried about what people think. Praise God skillfully. Praise Him loud. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all He does. The Lord loves the righteousness and justice. The earth is full of His unfailing love. By By the word of the Lord the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of the mouth. He gathers the waters of the seas into jars. He puts, he puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world, world revere Him. For He spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purpose of the peoples, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of His heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord the people who chose for his inheritance. From heaven the Lord looks down. That's my favorite song. My favorite song. That's, that's our new praise music. That's what we're going to work on. Mariachi praise. <laughs> and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place, he watches all who live on the earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him. On those Man, this is getting really hard to see. I know, I know. Oh, that would be awesome. On those oh that would be I should yeah, anyways. On those who hope in His unfailing love, to deliver them from the death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in the hope of the Lord. He is our help and He is our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice. For we trust in His holy name. May your unfailing love be with, the Lord, be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope. See, to be able to see ourselves as who we are, we must look at the world. We must not look at the world, but as God for our ruler. So we have to look at him in a measuring up to him and the king of our lives. We're so often caught in shooting for just okay that we forget that we're actually standing or if that we are actually judged under what which is God's perfect standard. See like I might have shown you guys this before. Okay, here's God's standard if anybody can see up here. Here's the world standard, right? How many of you would say you shoot for the middle? Like, hey, if I'm doing better than some, I'm doing pretty good. How many would say that? Okay, let me ask you something. Fifty years ago, where was the world standard? Right? So, say this here. So, we're here, right? Fifty years ago. But now, fifty years saved the earth standards right here. Like, this is what's moral, this is what's right. Fifty years later, what has it done? drops. So if we're shooting for middle, what's our, where's our middle gone? It's dropped. It's dropped lower. So pretty soon our, our middle standard that we're shooting for is dropped, and we're more okay with this than that. But what has God's standard done? Stayed the same. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the problem. If, see, God's standard never changes, and ours do, which is the problem. So what I want you guys to do, think, think about. Okay, through Christ's lens, we are made righteous. We are made righteous through His lens. Now what I want you guys to do, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. I can't see if you are, so I'm just trusting you are. All right. Now take the Christ lens off, and we're going to put back on. We're going to see ourselves for who we are. Think about, like I said, we did this a few weeks ago, but look at it again. Think about the worst thing that you've done. Worst thing that you've done. Now you're forgiven for that if you come to the Lord. But just for right now, let's look back at it. Just for the point. Okay. Now, enter the throne room of holiness perfection, which is God. It's pretty scary. It's pretty scary because, man, how are we to enter perfect God's holiness? We'd be consumed if we were in His presence by ourselves. You guys can open your eyes now. I had an illustration, but I forgot my stinking uh, Laptop adapter, so think of it this way. Alright, what do little kids like to do? They like to play, right? They like to go, they like to go play in the dirt, right? They They don't care about what they get on their knees, they don't care about what they get on their shirt or their face, right? It's muddy, it's really, really muddy, and it's bad, it's dirty. Now think about this, anybody been to somebody's house that's like spectacularly clean? And they have like a white room. Anybody been to a house with like a white room, like a dining room? Now think of that kid when he walks into that house, into that white room. That's like us walking into God's presence. God is clean and holy and perfect, and we are dirty and disgusting, and we so we can't enter His presence. If there's a somebody that owns that house, isn't going to want. Somebody muddy in that room, right? Somebody in that room. But see, God decided to get dirty. He decided to come to us to put on human flesh so that He could be with us and that He could... Sorry. That Him who knew no sin became sin. He put on that worst thing that you did and put it on Himself. He took the muddy off of you and gave you a clean shirt and clean shoes, so to speak, so that you could enter... Into that kitchen. You can enter into that dining room. That's awesome. We get to dine with the Lord. We get to have the wedding feast one day for those that are Christians, true Christians. We get to have that awesome wedding feast. So, now we're going to look at the last two points real quick. So, let's take the word awesome. For example, I heard this on the radio, and I thought it was awesome. Give me something you guys think is awesome. What is awesome to you guys? What? Music. Music, Okay. Anybody else? What do you think is awesome? Frozen yogurt. Okay. Anything else? Candy money. Candy money. That Jewish people awesome. You're just saying that because Jesus was Jewish. Okay. The word awesome. All right, guys, bring this in. Bring it in. The word awesome. Extremely impressive or daunting. Inspiring great admiration. Like the pastor said on the radio, I'm hoping I'm going to step on anybody's toes, but think. Frozen yogurt is not awesome. Money is not awesome. Music. Music is not awesome. It's not awesome because if you compare it to God, it has not even in the same category. Because God inspires awesome. Listen to this. So this is what this, this word really means. That means Jesus isn't our homeboy or our buddy. Would you bow to your homeboy? Would you bow at your buddy's feet? Okay. You would bow at Jesus' feet because our God isn't our buddy. He calls us friend. That's not just some, hey, buddy, what's up? You wouldn't come into his presence like that because if you truly know who God is, you would fall on your face every time because this is who he is. He's the God who took, us, took our punishment upon himself. He calls his friend, he walked on water, he calmed the seas, he brings fire from heaven. he casts demons out and down from heaven. He has the power to give life or take it. He has the power to forgive sins. He has the right, he has the right to judge. He has the love to come down and understand our pain and sorrow. He brings us joy in our trials. He changes us for the better. He breaks any addiction. He broke my addiction with pornography and sexual temptation, which I never thought would break in my life. He completely broke that. Completely. I'm free from that, and I praise Him for that. He heals the sick. He provided me with a kidney. He gives sight to the blind. He is the lion and the lamb. He is the rock and the redeemer. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He is the conquering king and the suffering servant. He's going to come back as a conquering king, but when he first came, he came as a servant. He served. He created the heavens and the earth. He's ready and willing and knocking for us to come in and meet him. This is our God. Second feeling, he is awesome. He is awesome. These other things are not awesome. I say the word awesome, I throw it around. But hearing that on the radio, it completely like just rocked my world because it was like, wow, God is awesome. He, ins- he inspires. He does all these things. So is this is who He is. Who believes that this is who He is? Who, th- who believes that God is all of these things? Awesome. Only one person believes that's who God is. Hands up if you believe that's who God is. Okay. I said, if you believe this is who God is, all these things that we just described, the rock, the redeemer, the healer, the sick, the breaker, of the addiction, if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that, I'm sorry because I know for a fact that he broke my addiction. So I'm sorry if that's not, you don't believe it because I know for a fact, if you see my life, it's different. It is different. I'm not who I was. And I'm never going back. Because the power of the God has freed me. Nothing else, nothing I can do, I can't do this. God can. So this last point is what I leave you with. Alright, I want you guys to listen to this last point. Because this has been the big kicker for me. This has been the big kicker for this whole message. I want hands up. How many think... And you can be honest, yes or no. I want First up, hands up for yes. How many think that we treat the F word more holy than God's name sometimes? Okay, how many say no? Hands up for no. Okay, think of it this way. The F word means all these bad things. It means I'm going to insult you. I'm going to, it means sexual intercourse outside of marriage. The way people describe sex with the F word is disgusting. It means all these bad things. Um, it's the worst name to call somebody. Well, let me, let me ask you. Somebody who really follows Christ, how many of them don't say the F word? Brenda, I don't think I've ever heard you say the F word. Around me. Work? Okay. Now listen, now listen. Listen to this last point, Mila and Cody. Alright, so, we won't say it because it's disgusting. We don't say it because it's disgusting. But yet we'll throw around the name of the Lord like it means nothing, which is great. The Lord who breaks addiction, who frees sin... We're going to throw His around, his name around and bring it down to our level, but we're going to treat the F word as more holy than God's name. I really believe that's true in today. Because Christians that call themselves Christians, and they re- I don't really believe they are, I hear them say the Lord's name in vain. I'm just like, do you really understand what you're saying? And like I said, I'm not on a power trip to get you to not say the name of the Lord. That's not what it's about. But get who God is. Get who the Lord is. Because when you do get that, you understand what you're doing by bringing His name down. You understand. Because if He's freed you, it's like the ultimate love that somebody can give you. Now would be like, think of the person that you love the most in your life, that's, that's closest to you. Now think of somebody just slandering them behind you, bringing the name down. I wouldn't be very good at it. You wouldn't like it at all, would you? But yet, our God's name is being brought down to our level and we don't care. We don't... It's not that I'm saying stop your friends because that's not what we're called to do. But check yourself. Check yourself. Think about the name of the Lord. Because every day, it's funny, because it used to be bother me but not that big of a deal. Now it gets to me more, especially to people who call themselves Christian because I'm like, do you really know what you're saying? The, the Lord who frees you, who brings you uh, salvation, you're throwing His name around like it means nothing. You're throwing His around. You're treating as if He doesn't exist to you. You know? It's it's sad. It's funny because you hear people who say, I don't believe in the Lord, throwing His name around. It really it's pretty funny. That's just a side note. But think about that for your own life. If God is who He claims to be, and you really believe that, think about that every time you say His name in vain. Some practical steps that we can work on: first off, say "Gosh." No. It all depends because, see, and that, that and it it could, I could I could give you that, it could. Yes, that's the whole point with that so I'm saying because think about the song it's a rap song that says oh my gosh oh, I pre- oh, oh, my God. yeah it says that uh, who is it who sings that Usher, Usher, Usher right the, uh, has that song stood out to anybody else but me like well that's weird you
1: that's the the real one but,
0: but I'm saying <laughs> the edit is because it stands out so start saying oh my gosh is the next step Okay. Think. Think about. Think. I don't want to bring down the name, the Lord's name. They wouldn't even say His name. They came up with traits of the Lord because they didn't want to say His name. Now, we, who claim to be Christians, will throw His name around. It's so commonplace. This really is really. I really believe this is where we blend the most, because it's like. And I really believe that a lot of us don't know why or don't know what His name truly means. So now, I hope you guys do. And the other steps is just start, like I said, memorize Psalm 1914. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. Because if you ask yourself, God, is this pleasing to throw your name around like it means nothing? That would not please Him. That would not please Him. You're throwing it around. You're throwing it around. You know? The hangover says His name 31 different ways. There's saying His name in vain. See, it's 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 the context and of how you say it. So look at your heart behind how you say these things, how you say things these, this week. Yeah, I think that's like the difference, like what
1: Bruce said, even if you say, oh my gosh, I think it's your intention pretty much. Yeah, that's what you're mean to say. But, but no, like it depends saying. where your heart's at though.
0: Like if you say something and you didn't mean it. I, oh, I say, oh my gosh, because I don't want to say the Lord's name. Yeah, that's way, That's... Like, that's Yes. So,
1: holy crap? That's a bit
0: odd I know that's that's see, I, don't, I don't know that's it's weird. That. We're all cows? Cows? <laughs> we shouldn't holy say cow.
1: holy no, That's no, no. they got god. the holy cow cuz um, the Greek god Apollo had like cows. Apollo? Yeah. Apollo. yeah Apollo. Well, aside from that, let's bring it in. Let's
0: bring it in. We can talk about that after. We can talk about that after. So the point of this message, guys, is think about how you treat the name of the Lord. Think about how you, if you throw it around like it means nothing, if you really don't treat it like it means nothing. If you say you serve God, think about how you say His name. So, let's close it up in prayer. Guys, we finished camouflage speech, which is pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. So, we're going to move on to camouflage thoughts next. But, guys, I want you to... Hey, seriously. Like what we're going to do, Brenda had a great idea. We're going to take... When you guys take notes, if anybody has anything to share on the notes, obviously not tonight because it's dark, but I'm saying on the next night, if you guys have any notes to share, I'd love to hear them, what God's working in your life. Um, So let's close it up in prayer, guys, and then we'll get out of here. Thank you, Elias, for letting me use your phone. Um, Guys, don't forget tomorrow to be here at 4.30, or be at Starn Park at 4.30, sorry, Starn Park. Flix Band is playing at 8. So be there at 8 to check out Flix Band. Huh? (laughs) Be my <laughs> there you go okay Elias' van, surrender so let's close it up in prayer guys and then we'll get out of here here we go here we go Lord we thank you for this evening Lord we just ask that as this week Lord we would really think about what we're saying and, and our means behind it God Brianna had a good point Lord if it's we're meaning the same thing Lord help us to change that God if uh, anybody's here that just wants to put on a word instead of your name but really is meaning the same thing God I pray that you'd change our hearts, Lord, because we can all make that mistake to still say those things, Lord, even when we don't mean to. God, I pray that you would just help us to treat your name as holy and reverence as it deserves. Lord, help me to be a better leader. Lord, help me to be able to be in contact with each of these people, Lord, as our lives go, Lord. Help us to just grow as a group and as a team, Lord, and just help us to serve you better. God, I thank you for every one of these people in this group. I thank you for getting them here, Lord. I pray that You're working in their lives, Lord. I pray that they would come to You, Lord. I pray that their lives would be radically rocked by You, God. That they would not just come to this group and not be changed, Lord. But that their hearts, Lord, would truly be consumed by You, God. As we are called consumed, Lord. Consume us and help us to produce disciples, Lord. Make us molded for You. But God, I just pray for each person in here, Lord. That their hearts would be rocked, Lord. That whatever it takes to get them... In communication with you, Lord. Please help them to come, Lord, that it doesn't take something difficult to get them on their knees to come to you. Lord, help them to come to you with just in awe, Lord. Help them to just show them yourself, Lord. Um, I thank you, God, for who you are. Lord, help me to never forget who you are, Lord, and treat your word with respect and the honor it deserves. Lord, I just pray for everybody's week in here, Lord, that they would go out and just be lights for you and shine so bright. Lord, that every one of them would invite somebody, Lord, to the concert, Lord, that we could just grow, and Lord, not grow for numbers, but grow in disciples, and Lord, help us just to be trained in you. We love you, God, and we just uh, thank you for everything you do, Lord, and just thank you for the blessing of every one of these people in this group. We love you, God, and we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, guys, we've made it through Cam Flush Speech. Tune in next week to answer the question, why do good things happen to bad people? why do bad things
1: happen to good people? Thanks for being with us.